<laughs> I get to speak on International Women's Day. Um, I, do have a, I do have a message about that. Many years ago, um, I never had any idea I would be a leader in the body of Christ. Main reason, I didn't want to do women's ministry and I didn't want to do children's ministry. So then I was like, there really isn't any options. I know that sounds like a little crazy, but it's not. I mean, in my background, that was like the only two options for women. And so that was really strong in my mind. I mean, you could be a pastor's wife, but you weren't like, you couldn't be a leader. Um, so then I, um, I was having to overcome quite a bit in that as far as my own mental thinking. And um, one night I have this dream, and in the dream, um, a, a half dog, half man comes into this room, and I was standing up, and immediately it throws me down, and I am bound in my hands and my legs. And um, I don't know even how it did it, but I immediately was bound. And um, I looked at it. And this is the Holy Spirit inside of me. I didn't say go in Jesus' name. I said die in Jesus' name. I just, it just came fl like flying out of me. Die in the name of Jesus. And immediately I was back up on my feet, unbound, and able to move. And then the next dream was about um, a group of pastors, and they were all part of a boys' club that was attached to one of the, like, one of the Ivy League schools. And like, it was only for boys. And I was like, oh, okay. So that is like a, definitely a spirit that is attached, that is not allowing sometimes women to rise. And um, it's interesting, because <laughs> many days later, somebody opened a door and literally that dog that I saw <laughs> came in. And I was like, that is such a fascinating thing, because women, I, I had been in different, I had been in politics, that's kind of what I wanted to do right out of college, and then I had been a school teacher. And guess what, you're loved as a woman. Both of those fields, there's no problem. Like I had never felt misogyny. And then I worked for a church. I feel so sad, but I worked for a church and then I was judged based on my sex. <laughs> and then I felt like the Lord saying, I'm gonna deal with it. So um, the next thing that happens for me, and I'm going to end with this, but I still, out of that, I felt like the Lord was saying, I'm going to deal with the principalities and powers that would try to hold back. But my heart and my mind still was having a hard time. I just wanted to give away my vision. Like, I felt like the Lord had given a vision, and I was just trying to hand it to the most capable man around me. And so... Um, I have this dream, and in the dream, I'm graduating from college again, and um, I am trying to get to Kansas City, because I don't want to, anyway, long story, but I don't want to be in Pasadena anymore. So I'm trying to get to Kansas City in the dream. <laughs> and so, um, and I'm from California, but um, I didn't want to be there. I wanted to go somewhere where it was easier to do the house of prayer, but nobody would let me in. Like, they, I tried to get a bus, they wouldn't let me on. I tried to, like, hitchhike, they wouldn't let me in. And so I was like, okay, I'll go out to eat with my family. We'll do the, you know, graduation dinner. And my father, on the way to the meal, this is a dream, um, he hands me a 1942 baseball. So I'm tall, like, our, our sport is basketball. Grew, grew up watching a ton of it. We're not really baseball people, so it was an unusual gift. Um, even it would be weird probably if he gave me a basketball too, but 1942, it was signed by Mike Bickle and um, Rick Joyner. And then my dad doesn't know who those people are. So he's, I was like, wow, how did you get this? Like, where did this come from? And he's like, oh, this is for you. And so um, woke up from the dream and obviously Googled 1942 baseball right away. Like, what does it mean? And um, I love that you just said Jackie Robinson. You know he's from my hometown. He's from Pasadena. Yeah, so like, no, there's more involved. <laughs> because, but it wasn't that. So I look up 1942 baseball, can't figure it out. Um, rules changed, I was like, okay. But then a um, few weeks later, the Holy Spirit says, look up 1942 women's baseball. The men went to war because of Pearl Harbor. So the draft happened. So all these men are being drafted. So then women are put into major leagues. And he goes, you don't believe in your leadership, but I do. And I'm putting you in major leagues. Wow. <laughs>
this whole history with Jackie Robinson. I mean, I'll just tell a few more since he brought it up. <laughs> so that was in 2005. In 2012, um, I'm getting ready to speak just like I am today, and, and I have two messages I'm debating on, like, what am I going to speak? And the Holy Spirit says, you're not going to speak on either. You're gonna call your people to a 42 day fast. You're gonna cancel everything but the prayer room. You're gonna only do prayer room. You're gonna cancel the internship. You're gonna cancel the um, all appointments, prophetic, everything, nothing but prayer room. And I normally would meet with my leaders, try to figure it out. But he's like, no, you're gonna say it tonight. And I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, okay, 42 days. So he speaks straight out of it. He says, it's Isaiah 4.2. He said, the branch of the Lord will be seen as beautiful and glorious. I want to be the main attraction of my church. I want to be the main attraction. I want to be the reason why people come. So I was like, okay, we'll do it, right? And he, he speaks out of 2, 4, 2, yeah, Revelation 2, 4, and he says, I want to give you first love back. I want, I want that to return to you. And so we spent 40 days. I lost some staff, even though they were House of Prayer staff. I lost it because they didn't enjoy the prayer room anymore. Like, so it was hard even. But we did the 42 days. That was in 2012. Lou actually ended up coming out for most of it. He was there for 31 days of it. And um, it was a powerful time. So awesome. But then next year, movie comes out, 42. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. And you know, by the way, I'm not even ever thinking about that 1942 baseball. You know how you just have stuff and then it goes away. Anyway, so, so I was like, oh, okay, Jackie Robinson. Wow, he's from our city too. He played for Brooklyn though, yeah, but he was from, <laughs> but he, played, he was from Pasadena. So then I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I go to see the movie. And um, how many of you know about Jackie Robinson? Okay, cool. Yeah, so interesting, if you see the movie, it really emphasized that the manager picked him not because he was the best player, he was really good, but because he was a Bible guy, and he believed he was Christian. And so he goes, I'm a Methodist, that's what the manager said, and you're a Methodist, and you know, we gotta follow the good book, because you can't do this if you don't follow it. Like, because you're gonna have to turn the other cheek. You're gonna have to pray for those who persecute you. You're gonna have to do this stuff. So I was like, wow, that's profound. I didn't know that was part of the storyline. And then the manager was so kind to him. He let his wife travel with him. He like would say, hit me, you know? I know you wanna get it out, just hit me. So I was like, with my staff the next day, and I was like, who was that guy again? What was that manager's name? His name was Branch. Branch, okay? I don't know any other person's name, Branch, right? And I was like, whoa, that is our 4-2. I mean, the branch of the Lord would be seen as beautiful and glorious. And I was like, unbelievable. It's attached to 40. Anyway, okay, but, 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 but. <laughs> Many, so almost, like it was probably two months later, the Holy Spirit encountered me and he said both times it was baseball, Cheryl. You know why it's baseball? Because it's America's pastime. And you know what? I'm gonna affect America's pastime. They're going to spend time differently. I am going to do, I am going to be seen as beautiful and glorious and my fruit excellent and appealing. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Just a little bit about us in Pasadena. We are not a local congregation. We have about 100 churches represented in our worship and prayer teams. Um, we do like 18 hours of worship a day, um, Monday through Saturday. So, um, and it's a busy city just like it is here. It's a little different, but it's a pretty busy city. Um, meaning, if you don't know where Pasadena is based on LA, downtown LA, it's 10 miles up. So um, right where downtown LA is, you just go north. And um, we also offer tons of healing, but our main thing is prophetic. So our biggest night is our prophetic night. We do it every week. And we have about 100 people come every week to receive ministry. Out of that number, 70% first time. <laughs> you know, just like this city, there is a hunger 
There is a hunger. There is a spiritual hunger. Many people bring people that they want to witness to and say, hey, you want to come? It's like, it's like a prayer time, but it's like, you know, kind of like that psychic type feel. Like, do you want to come? And you know what? They, no, they come, they receive. We're very open. We do not pretend to be psychics or like we don't not use Jesus. We put him right in the middle of it. And then they take them out. Some of them, they just fall to their knees and give their life to Jesus right there. Like some of them are overwhelmed and they're very dramatic people. We have very dramatic people in Los Angeles too. You know what I mean? Like they're just, they're not just in New York. They're very dramatic in Los Angeles too. <laughs> but some of them, their friends will take them out to eat afterwards and they'll lead them to Jesus because they were so profoundly touched. So... We just recently had a whole bridesmaid group. They did their bachelorette party. They ended it with, with the well. So like, I just, it's, it's all <laughs> so fun. And those were, those were like actresses. So the Lord has used it. And it's, uh, it's, it, it was part of how the Lord said to build the house of prayer. He said, you can't do it like Kansas City. You gotta follow my order. You have to pray for sick people. You have to pray for broken hearts. And then you have to prophesy. And if you will do that, I will build the house of prayer. But you've got to do it my way because L.A. is not Kansas City. And you can't draw people the same way they are. And so then we followed those blueprints. And I mean, people would try to talk me out of it. But then we followed it, and the Lord did it. He's amazing. Okay. I wanted to share a word from just even what we were experiencing when we were singing. And um, so much better. Wait. Yeah. So much better your way. And I was thinking about Jesus. He is so into himself, right? And his name means he saves. He loves saving, and he's never getting over it. Like, meaning he likes to put you in situations where you have to be saved. Meaning he's never getting over that. Literally, he is never going to get over having to save you. He has a savior complex. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> He loves to save you, and he will consistently put yourself in a place where you need to be saved. Our culture hates it. Oh, our culture, we don't like it. And we are a lot of times, you know, we, American culture is very much a part of us. And so we hate having to be saved on a consistent basis, but he loves it. Now, many times why I believe kingdom is breaking out in certain regions is because their kingdom or their culture is similar to the culture of heaven. They like neediness. They're okay with it. They like mourning. They like dependency. They like hun hunger and thirst. And therefore, the kingdom just goes really easily together. We're like on the other trajectory. We're going the opposite way. That's why it takes time. So saving, I just feel like the Lord wanted to encourage you. If you're feeling weak, he's like all over it. If he, you're in a situation where you have to be saved again, like he's like, oh, I love this. I love to save you. I love to save you. I'm never getting over it. I felt that to encourage you. And if you are never in a place that you need to be saved, you may not be following him. <laughs> no, I want to throw that out there. Because some people, because <laughs> he consistently will put you in places where you have to be saved. He just will because he's like that. He wants to be the savior. He doesn't want you to have it all together. Okay, amen. <laughs> I just remember when he was saying that to me because I just was like, God, I just want to coast a little bit. You know, like, can we be in a coasting place? Like, it seems like other churches are doing that. Like, and he's like, oh, I, I love saving you. I love, love, love saving you. And I love that you're in a place that needs to be saved. So, amen. Okay, I felt another word, but hopefully it'll come back. Um, but I also feel like maybe, well, yeah. We should pray for women, just because it is International Women's Day. So I'm just going to pray real quick. Women, stand up. <laughs> Whoa. Father, we just thank you that Jesus was so empowering to women. We've 
seen how empowering you were. And I asked, would you just come and strengthen your women? Would you come and would you even do what I experienced, being unbound? I asked that where some of him have been bound in the last few weeks, last few months, I asked in the name of Jesus, they would just experience being unbound, unbound. I pray over their mouths that God, you would just cause them to yell and speak and, and to give voice in the name of Jesus. I just pray that you would touch their voice again and you would open it, open it. I just feel the Lord saying, sing Zion, sing, sing Zion, sing. Father, I just pray, God, release more. It, oh, I just feel specifically over singing voices even. Whoa, more in the name of Jesus. More of your presence on their voice. It's your presence on their voice. And I ask any issues that have been on their voice would be remedied right now in Jesus' name. Whew, whoa. Thank you, God. Let the spirit of prophecy rest upon them. In the name of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy, the spirit of prophecy. Thank you, God. <laughs> wow. More Holy Spirit. More Holy Spirit. More Holy Spirit. <laughs> Thank you, God. More, more, more. Whew. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm just going to grab my water. Okay. So when Jesus designed humanity, <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. He designed us in a way that we, I have water pouring down. That, um, <laughs> he just, thank you. <laughs> Let's do this. Um, and it, he designed us in a way that we would hunger and thirst to be satisfied, only to have to hunger and thirst again. He made us that way. So if I was designing humanity, I would maybe design us to only have to eat and be satisfied once, once a month. You know what I mean? But he, or once a week. Or even once a day, but not God. God's like, no, they're going to eat and be satisfied three to five times, some of us six times a day. <laughs> like, they're going to have to hunt. And you know what's interesting? When we eat and are satisfied, like last night, some of us had amazing meals. Right? We had an awesome meal. And we woke up this morning hungry. Does that take away from the awesomeness of that meal? <laughs> no, that meal was still awesome. It's just that we are thirst. Humanity is a craving people. We are made to crave, and you cannot cast it out of you. <laughs> you will never cast out craving out of you. Now, craving isn't just for food. We crave for power. We crave for intimacy. We crave for success. We crave for lots of things, greatness, impact, right? And God, like the meaning of our life becomes where will you be satisfied? Where will you be satisfied? Where will you be satisfied? And God's like, I want to be the one. I want to be the one that you continually come. And you know what I, what I love about this is craving is meant to direct us. It's not just something to push down. It actually can direct us to say, I need you, Jesus. All the types of cravings we are having. All types. I have so much to say on this. I'm trying to get 20 messages into one, but because um, that's what happens when I visit one like one time. But I felt like the Lord just saying, like He He wants to. For some of you who've been really struggling with any type of craving, He wants to free you up by saying, "Let it lead me. To, let it lead you to me." Let it lead you to me. Don't get into condemnation. Rather, redirection. 
redirection. Let the craving, whatever it may be, whether it's for chocolate or whether it's for shopping or whether it's for success or whether it's for power, intimacy, let it direct me, direct you to me. Okay? When I found this out, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so different because I thought I just had to push down craving. He's like, no, 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 I want to satisfy. I want to satisfy those cravings. And I want to give you access where, you, and then this is the part I really want to catch. You're like, but it doesn't last. It's never meant to. You're go, you have an amazing experience only to then need it the next day. Amen. Or the next hour. Yes. Or the next two hours. Like tonight, today you're gonna have an amazing experience. We just had an awesome worship, but in a few hours you're gonna be hungry again. <laughs> you're, you're gonna be hungry again. You're gonna need to be, and guess what? God knew this. And he's like, that's why I gave you my Holy Spirit. And that's why I told you be filled and 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 be filled. Like it's never ending. Like you're supposed to be filled over and over and over again. Amen? Amen. So I want to give some ways that we can do this all throughout the day. <laughs> I'm going to give practical things. That we can be filled over and over and over again. Now, why am I bringing this up? Because I know your lives. You live busy lives. And I also know in a place like New York City, there is so much craving. And then there's every corner saying, come here, I'll satisfy. Come here, I'll satisfy. I remember when I would come, go to West LA, and I would be, I had been in you know, Pasadena, I'd go to West LA, and I'd be like, oh, I need to exercise. Like, oh, I need to exercise more. Oh, I need to shop more. Why do I not shop as much? Oh my gosh, I need that food. That food is so good. Like, I would just be so affected by whatever was being out there. I mean, it's everywhere, but for some reason, I'm used to whatever's in Pasadena. When I would go to another place, it would just be in my face. And I was thinking, oh God, like how, do you, how does this work? How do we get satisfied consistently that we shall not want? We shall not lack. Um, I'm gonna, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, and by the way, just that longing for intimacy God wants to satisfy it over and over and over again. This can be a very lonely city. And God wants to satisfy loneliness with himself. Yes, he'll give you friends, relationships, all of that, but he wants to be the primary. He wants to be the main. He wants to be the first. That he consistently satisfies that longing for intimacy. So I love to explain the Holy Spirit this way. You know when you breathe into a balloon and it's your breath? That balloon's gonna stay on the ground. And by the way, I love that the Holy Spirit, like spirit is breath. That's such a good analogy because we need it all the time. And so then, <laughs> but if we have helium, if we put helium in it, it's gonna go up. When God gave us the Holy Spirit, it wasn't just for gifts. It was for our emotional life. It was for our mental thoughts. It was for our physical beings. You know that he actually made the body for the Holy Spirit? You cannot be fully human unless you have the Holy Spirit because the body was meant for the spirit, just like food was meant for the stomach. You know that scripture that I'm talking about where it says, as the food is for the stomach and as the stomach is for food, so is the body the Lord's, and the Lord's is for the body. It would be enough if it was just like the body was for the Lord, but he's actually saying, no, the Lord is for the body too. You were designed to have the Holy Spirit in you, and that, that you cannot fully be human. This is what I love to say to like people in L.A., I just want you to be fully human. That's all. <laughs> like, I just want you to be, like, I'm not trying to give you just like dogma or religion. I want you to just be fully human. <laughs> so Holy Spirit, he's made for your body and he wants to affect your mind, your will, your, your, your thoughts. He wants to elevate them because your breath will keep it on the ground. 
like, no, I want to elevate your thought life. I want to elevate your emotional life. I want to give you the highest quality of emotions and of thoughts that is available to humanity. Oh, this just starts to affect me. I want to give you the highest quality of joy, love, the highest quality of gentleness. I'm giving you the highest quality of relationship. And I want you to be filled and filled and filled again. Whew, that's awesome. So then he's like, I have a few things that you can access my spirit at all times. He's like, the first one I want to say is out of Ephesians 5 where it says, don't be drunk with wine. I love that. He's like, don't, you know, I know why you want wine. <laughs> I get it. A lot of pressure, a lot of anxiety. I get it. I know why you want wine, but don't get drunk with it. He's like, because it'll lead to something you don't want. And he said, but you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to give you what you want. So this is what I, what I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit this is so good. By singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs and making melody. Those things. Let's, what's the first one? Psalms. Bible. He wants you to sing the Bible. <laughs> I had to do it. I'm a house of prayer girl. So <laughs> but some of us, I know we love the idea of it, but we don't do it. And yet, his book... That's the biggest book in his book. He's like, I wanted you to get us, I wanted you to know. And so I made it my biggest book that you should sing this. You don't just read it and you don't just like, you don't just listen to it. You actually have to move your mouth and put a melody to it. Why? Because I want to affect your emotions. I want you to be emotionally connected to my truth, to my life, to my light. Because this is what the word of God is. It's the light of men. It's light of life. It's all of this, right? And he's like, I want you connected. And so I want you to sing it. Do you know Hollywood does this, right? They use music for advertisements, for <laughs> movies. Why? Because they want us to be emotionally connected. Yeah. God's like, me too. So I want you to be emotionally connected to my truth. So if you will just take a psalm or you can take any of the bible and just put a little bit and by the way now there's so many tracks on youtube on you know um whatever spotify or whatever like it's easily accessible and just do it for a minute do it for three minutes do it for five minutes but say you don't have that moment at work all you have to do is make a melody <laughs> He's like, I'll make it so simple. You just close your eyes for a moment and just make a melody towards me and I will, I will fill you. Wow. <laughs> He's like, you know that, that song we're all singing, Defender, you know, that, that song's so awesome. He's like, that's a hymn. And you know what? If you just sing that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come. I'm going to come in, right? And then he uses sing spiritual songs. That's just us using the spirit and like just, yeah, no, no, you know, just seeing like in the spirit. He's like, I'm going to make it simple. At all times, you can do this. You can, <laughs> you can do this just at your cubicle. You can do this just in the, it, as you're in the subway. I don't know. Like I almost said driving, but I know that's our thing. <laughs> we love driving. <laughs> But whatever you're doing, like that's an easy one. And why I love this one so much, now Mike Bickle, the founder of the House of Prayer movement, he said if he was left with one piece of advice to give a generation, he would tell them to sing the scripture. He has a bad voice. Like, so it's not about like he wants to create songs. He said it has been the game changer for him. It has affected his emotional life like no other. And then he said, it's also affected like just knowing the Bible. Like you'll receive understanding in ways you could not receive. Why? Singing slows you down. <laughs> Unless you're a rap artist. <laughs> but it, its purpose is to slow you. You can read fast, you can talk fast, but you won't sing. You can even listen fast, but you cannot sing fast. Yeah. 
Again, I know there's a few of you. <laughs> but the Lord is saying, like, this is a way I can encounter you and just fill you. He's going to use our mouth. Now, another way I just love is you can just pray in the spirit. Or if you don't have the gift of tongues, you can just open your mouth and say, I just acknowledge your presence inside of me. Like, really, it's that simple. He just loves acknowledgement. And to say, Holy Spirit, I just, just fill me. And like, I love this one. Just say, oh, I just love your peace, Holy Spirit. I just love your goodness. And just let, he's saying, I want that all day long. Why? Because you're thirsty all day long. And it's that simple of a turning. Now, the main one I wanted to get to today is your eyes. God made an incredible environment. He took, he took five days making an environment for you. He loves, he knows we are very environmental people, meaning he knows our environment affects us. And so he wants us, because we live in a world that is decaying, he wants us to have access to the eternal, which we were made for. So he gives us access to his world. While we're here, he gives us a getaway. He just gives us that we can close our eyes and we can experience the eternal. Now, I want to show up with scripture. Let's just look at Colossians 2. This is like a really small little pulpit. <laughs> I can't fit everything here. That's okay. <laughs> I'm a big person, maybe. Okay, Colossians 2. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not preaching up there. I was kind of scared because I was like, I'm going to look so tall. But anyway, I know I'm tall. <laughs> I'm going to look like I'm hitting the ceiling. Okay, so um, I had to do that. Recently, I was at a church, and they, they had this little archway above the thing. And I'm like, oh, that's going to be fun. <laughs> They're going to keep thinking she's going to hit her head. <laughs> okay. So Colossians 2, verse um, 20. Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why as though living in the world do you subject yourselves to regula regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish with the using, according to the commandments and doctrines of men. These things, indeed, I love this, have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility, and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. He said, then, if then, and this is chapter 3, you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on these things, above so so and not on the things on the earth and it says for you died and your life is hidden with christ and god so he's saying the do not life doesn't work <laughs> that's all he's saying he's like you trying to do not is not going to help your indulgences he's like therefore i want you to have the do life and the do life means we just open our mouths, we sing in the spirit. The do life means we open our mouths, we just acknowledge the Holy Spirit. And the do life means we set our eyes on things above. And we want, oh, oh gosh. There's a lot to say on this subject because the eyes are the gates of humanity now. They are the gates where all of the transactions of life happen. And guess what? God knew this from the very beginning, and he said, in the last days, I'm going to encounter people where? In their eyes. Young men, you're going to see visions. Old men, you're going to dream dreams. I'm going to encounter you in the eyes. I mean, that's a crazy thing if you think of what's coming at the eyes right now. He's like, that's my target. And he's like, that's not my only target, but that's my main target. Why? Oh my gosh, I'm trying to do so much, but hopefully you're tracking. Um, 
The eyes are the lamp of the body. He's like, what you're that eye, what those eyes look at, and these are the eyes of our understanding. These are not just our physical eyes. What you're mainly imagining on, on a continual basis, that's affecting your whole inner being. Amen. That's an intense thing to say. He said it's the lamp of the whole body, meaning it's going to affect your mind, it's going to affect your heart, it's going to affect your will. So he's like, I want to help you with the indulgences of the flesh, and I want to give you something to look at. So I'm giving you my world. Like, I'm going to let you look on the eternal realm on a continual basis. Okay. Because some people would say what I'm about to teach could be esoteric. It could be like, why is that relevant? Paul says it's really relevant. He said this will affect your, your indulgences. Because all flesh is indulgent. <laughs> and there's no one in here who doesn't have that. And he's like, I want to help you with it. And I want to help engage your eyes. Now, what's so cool is if you look at Revelation 5, there are lamps there, or even in Revelation 4. There's, there's a big lamp there. and has seven lights. And we find out that that lamp is Holy Spirit. So God gives us his lamp and puts it in our lamp. I want to catch that again. <laughs> the eyes are the lamp of the body. In, in Revelation 5, it actually says that that lamp that's before God, it says it is the eyes of the Lord. <laughs> okay? So he gave us his lamp and put it in our lamp. Okay? But guess what? We don't, we don't operate in it enough. When I was growing up, I was told to just pray to God, but I didn't have anything to look at. Like, I just, I mean, maybe there was that picture of him coming through a door or something, but, like, I didn't, I was not told to look at anything. I didn't know to engage in that way. Holy Spirit wants us to engage. And this, my friend, is so important. The battle over the eyes is so big. Oh, gosh, if I think about it in my life, <laughs> many years ago, I got a Trio. That was my first smartphone. Some of you are like, I don't even know what that is. You probably were not even born yet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was like in 2006, 2007. And um, I remember I dreamed about it, and there was darkness coming out of it. And I was like, oh, no, I love that phone. Like, and I was thinking, but what I realized is it was going to crowd out my life. I did not know that was going to happen. Because I used to be a massive dreamer. I'm not as much anymore. Because I have Instagram. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but. Because <laughs> I have many things to look at. Many things. And many things to influence my, the eyes of my understanding. Oh, gosh. I, I have so much to say on this. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to, this is a little bunny, bunny trail, but one day I woke up, because I was asking God, why am I not dreaming? Why am I not dreaming? I woke up, and there was every image I had looked at the entire day. It was just playing. So I closed my eyes, I opened them again, still playing. Closed my eyes, opened them again, still playing. I was like, what? And he goes, there's no room. You only have so much capacity. You're looking at so many images. You only have so much room, Cheryl. So good. <laughs> Does that mean my life changed after that moment? No. But um, I did, it didn't fully change, meaning I still am looking at quite a few images. But I realized that's why I'm not dreaming from the Lord. Because he's like, you only have so much room. How can you fit all those images and then ask me to be the main influencer over your lamp? So guess what? I'm going to show you right now how to make him a main influencer. Okay? We're going to do it. Yeah, because he, he said, you know, first of all, you're an eternal being. Even your flesh was made for eternity. Meaning, when he designed the human body, he meant it to live forever. 
He really did. So we, we, all, we were meant to be satisfied by eternal things. We were not meant to be satisfied by things that constantly are changing, decaying, separating, whatever. And so he's like, I want to give you that. So you need to spend time dwelling and looking on eternal things. Now, the awesome thing is, is he filled this book with imagery. He's so smart. He filled his book with gardens. Starts with a garden, ends with a garden, raised in a garden. Like, he loves gardens. He's really into them. But that's not all he's into. He's into mountains. He would, like, bring people to mountains, and that's where they would encounter him. He loves rivers. He made all these rivers. There's a river coming out of his throne. He loves rivers. He loves tables. Every time he was at a table, people would always be coming up to him. Like, meaning, like, it gave people access. He loves wells. I mean, that's, I mean, but he does. He really likes them. And so <laughs> we don't know what about what wells very much, but he likes them. And he loves so many things. Like, this book is filled. And then there's even his throne room. He gave us uh, some hints. He showed us Ezekiel 1 that we're looking from under the sea. He showed us Revelation 4 and 5 that we're looking straight across. He, put it, he, he did, gave us Exodus 24. We're sitting on it. We're standing on the sapphire sea. So he gave us imagery to look at that way. But that's not the only imagery. Because some people are like, oh, I can only see the throne. No, he has so much. So he wants us to use that on a consistent basis. Like as a jumping board. And I love, I'm going to share one more. I, he said, I'm going to go prepare a house. And in that house are many rooms. There's a lot of rooms to look at. I've been in quite a few of them, and it's just like endless. He's like, oh, and then there's this room. So like this he wants because he wants to become the main influencer of the lamp of us. And he's saying, I want to do it consistently. As much as you want to look at your phone, I want you to look at me. I want you to look at me, and I want you to engage. Now, from when I started to really get into the Holy Spirit, he took me to a garden, and then that's where we did life for almost four years. Like, I just always consistently would go to a garden. Now, when I say this, I'm not like having like a technicolor, woo, you know, like it's not that amazing, but it's a, it was enough that I understood it. I mean, I kind of recognized it. Like if I was there, I was like, oh yeah, we're here. One day we go to a different garden and I'm like, where are we? And he goes, oh, you've been in the garden inside of me. Now I want to take you to the garden inside of you. Now this, this can take, like, it's so cool. Like, if you start to do this, and then he, what's happening is it's affecting your mind, your will, and your emotions, too. And you don't even know that that's happening, but it's happening. Right? And you don't have to leave yourself to fantasy. You just say, God, take me to the garden, and then through the eyes of faith, we begin to go. But you have to do it. Like, that's what I, I mean... What I, was, what I realized is this is something that needs to be taught over and over to, to the church. Because the church is kind of losing here. Most, I mean, they're saying most men are addicted. I, know, I just have a friend who is the spiritual director at Biola University. She said 98% of the men who are at Talbot, University, like Talbot Seminary are addicted to pornogra pornography. That's intense. Because that is a world, folks. That is a world that wants to drag you to hell. That's why he even said, pluck your eye. But guess what? God said, come up here. Come up here. I'm going to help you. I am going to help you. This is the ace of his sleep. I'm promising you. He's like, I gave you my lamp to put in your lamp, and I want to take full possession. I want to take full possession. You just have to then move with me. So then just take the moment and just say, God, I want to go to your house. I want to go to your house, and I want to experience your house. Now, remember when you go into a room and they turn on the lights? And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're just, you know what? At first, when you start to practice this, it could feel like that. Meaning your eyes are going to need to become accustomed 
Now, some of you are like, no, that won't happen to me. That's fine. I'm glad. But for some of you, it could happen to you. And that does not mean God is not dwelling. That means you're just getting your eyes accustomed again. Okay? Like, or re, re, like reacclimated. Meaning I'm, that Holy Spirit is partnering. So we're going to practice right now. <laughs> we're going to practice right now. I think, well, I, I like to go to the house. So we're going to go to the house. We're going to ask the Lord, take us to your house, and I want you to show us a room. Am I good with time? We're good, right? Okay. So I have some time still, right? Okay. So we're going to just ask the Lord, but before we do that, I'm going to pray for your eyes. God, I just thank you that you want to satisfy. These eyes, it says they're really hungry in Proverbs. And I just pray that, God, you would satisfy our eyes, that we would encounter you today in a fresh way. And I ask, Lord, release light. Release light. And I just pray where there's any fear or any condemnation, we just throw it off right now in the name of Jesus. We just wash it off, too. We just pray for your washing. Wash, wash, wash. Thank you, God. And we just pray, God, we just want to encounter you afresh in the eyes of our heart. And we just say, God, take us to your house. Take us to one of the rooms, any room you want, God. You just direct. God, we just thank you. We just pray that, God, you would just continue to take us, God. We want to experience the eternal realm on a consistent basis, Jesus. Amen. I usually like want people to share, but um, <laughs> it's really fun. I One time I did this activity and just, I did it with a group and the Lord took me to a room with a pinata. <laughs> and you know, you're just like, a pinata? I, I wasn't expecting it. And um, it was the shape of a donkey. And he said, there's many people who've been an ass to you, Cheryl. He said, you need, 
he said, but if you don't get it out of you, you're going to become the ass. And he said, hit the piñata. <laughs> and so I did. I just hit the piñata. And then um, it literally felt like I had 20 appointments of counseling or something. I mean, when I came out of that experience, I was a new person. I didn't, need, I knew, I didn't even need, know I needed it. Like, and then he gave me some, he gave me a piece of candy. He's like, suck on this. You're going to see again. You couldn't see. That repressed anger was affecting you, Cheryl. And I was like, okay, thank you, Jesus. So, like, um, these rooms, they can be so much. Like, he d they don't have to be, like, ah, you know, like, he, he just wants you, though, to engage with your eyes, the eyes of your understanding. And he's like, guess what? I want to be your main influencer. So this is a place where you can be filled and filled and filled again. A lot of times we have not thought of that when we thought of like Holy Spirit, but he's like, no, if you just look a little bit at me, you're going to filled. That actually is affecting and filling you. So I just want to advertise that as a fresh way of engaging. Yeah. And I, and again, gardens, I mean, you have enough material in this Bible that if you want to stay biblical, like you don't want to get into some weirdness, you can use, and you, you have probably 20 years of material here. Meaning you could spend a few years in the garden. You can f spend a few years in, on the mountains. Like you don't have to be in a hurry because this is an eternal experience. And it's, but it had, at least you have a trajectory to go to in case your mind's just all over. Like here, just ask the Lord to breathe on it. Again, this could take some time and give yourself a few months before you judge this. Like, give yourself a few months because you, this is a new thing for many. I don't know in this room because you're like awesome and maybe not. But, um, <laughs> but it, for many, this is a new experience to think, okay, this is a way I can be filled with the Holy Spirit, just looking on things above. It's not so good. Okay, I'm going to end by just, let's just ask the Lord to come and just see what happens. I don't know what your ministry time is usually like, but I guess maybe this is the one thing I, I really felt like the Lord wanted to deal with. A lot of times when we're dealing with cravings, self-hatred is our friend. Because we're, we're so, we feel bad about it. And then that, the accuser just comes and just bombards us. So I felt like if there are people that have been struggling with self-hatred in the last month, two months, I mean, it doesn't have to just be that, but specifically there's been self-hatred that has been affecting you. I would love for you to come up during the worship and just let's, let's have ministry time because the Lord doesn't want you to live there and the Lord doesn't want that to be your friend. So I just feel like if that's you to come up, I guess everybody comes up in this church though. So maybe that won't work. <laughs>